Hello, and welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I'm Dana Marie Rockmore, the founder of the Dinner Party Project and co-founder of The Welcome House. I'll be inviting intriguing guests over to my home to chat about some of my favorite things, cocktails, story, the Enneagram, and rest. Hello, hello. Thanks once again for listening in. It is my pleasure to have you listen in. And to do this, it's so much fun for me. Um, so today, I'm very excited because this is the first time I've had on more than one guest at a time. So some of my favorite people in Orlando are Jason and Sue Chen, and we will get into their story in a second. But um, first, I will get into the cocktail that they recommended for today, and it has quickly become one of my um, very top favorites. I have made it repeatedly um, recently. It's so good. And it's it's nothing new or um, revolutionary, but it's a jungle bird, which I, yeah, I all the things coming together make an incredibly beautiful drink. So if you have not had jungle bird and you want to make one with me, um, it's pretty, pretty simple, actually. It is an ounce and a half of dark rum, and then uh, three quarters of an ounce of Campari, a half an ounce if you choose, or you can not choose. I think I did choose to make it with simple syrup, a half an ounce, but you don't have to. You can easily um, cut that out. And then an ounce and a half of fresh pineapple juice, which I hand squeezed for them. It was so delicious. And I also hand squeezed um, half an ounce of fresh lime juice. So, um, yeah, all those things you just build in a shaker and you shake it up with ice and then you pour it into a rocks glass. I have my, um, I have got some cups that have jungle birds on them. So it was very meta and super fun. So I did get to um, send, uh, not send, I did get to invite some of my dear friends on uh, Jason and Sue, which was so fun. It was a super rainy day and it was just, I don't know, uh, a great time to have them over. And they are the owners of the Good Salt Group restaurant group. Uh, I think it's Good Salt Restaurant Group, and they have some of the most elegant and lovely and delicious restaurants in town. Um, the one that I think that I knew about first was, well, I technically knew about Sato Sushi, but I didn't know them at the time. Um, so I did know about Sato Sushi. They have one in Baldwin Park. And then there was another restaurant that they had um, that used to be in the Regal, um, next to Regal Cinemas in Winter Park. And I had um, gone there several times for sushi and really enjoyed it. Um, That was also by their family. So they have Sato Sushi in Baldwin Park. They also have, um, I think when I kind of really met them was when they opened the Osprey Tavern, which is also in Baldwin Park and it is so delicious. And it's one of those restaurants that I feel like has elevated Orlando dining. And then a couple years ago, they opened a restaurant called Reyes Mescaleria and it is 
so lovely and delicious and ginormous and all the things. So, so good. Um, and then they are opening in the middle of a pandemic, which is blowing my mind, another restaurant called The Monroe. And they are lovely folks. So I really hope that you will enjoy the time that I got to spend with them and the, sh- the stories of their their individual experiences and their shared experiences. And just, yeah, I really admire all the things that they do. So I hope you will as well. Enjoy. Hey guys. Hello. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you uh, for being here on Cocktails and Conversations. <laughs> so uh, Sue and Jason, uh, cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Woo-hoo! Thank you for inviting us. Of course. Thanks for coming to do some delicious drinking with me. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's very well made jungle bird. <laughs> thank you. In a cute jungle bird glass. Yes. Mm-hmm. I this is the perfect. It had to be in these glasses. Yeah. I had them. And um, so, yeah, the drink today, I don't often ask ask my guests for a reference for a cocktail, mm. but I thought it would be only appropriate for you guys to oh. in, be in the <laughs> beverage industry to give me some uh, inspiration. Absolutely. So I've never made this before, but I think that it turned out pretty well. Yeah, it's quite delicious. Right. Yeah. Dark rum, Campari. I put a little bit of simple syrup in there, and then I, I squeeze these pineapples by my nice. hand. So, fresh squeezed pineapple. Yeah, oh, fresh squeezed, and then fresh squeezed lime juice. Thank you, well. it's delicious. Delicious, so I will have another drink to add to my repertoire. <laughs> it's a nice daytime poolside drink. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. for this not very poolside weather we've been having. <laughs> it just, oh, uh, Florida rains it shines and all the things so so the first thing that we talk about on the podcast is one of my absolute favorite topics and i think that you guys will be well versed in this Mm -hmm. but i would love to know for you guys like what is a go-to cocktail for you in your book oh i'm more of a old fashioned yeah. In old fashioned. Yeah. Okay. We we it's funny, we, we laugh about this because um you know the, the way we order and I don't mean to sound sexist, but like Sue will always order like the more manlier cocktails. Uh, like yeah. drinker. <laughs> and uh, I'll always order something that's like and not really? even knowing about it, but it'll yeah. come out in like a coupe with like a girly cocktails with flowers. So when, so when the um when the bartender or the or the or the cocktail server comes out, they always think I got like this they brown boozy. <laughs> mean, like you're old fashioned, sir. I'm like, no, that's 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 for the missus. And he's right. like, oh, so this uh, this Hemingway daiquiri is for you. <laughs> yeah, it always happens. Yeah, always. It always happens that so way. So funny. Yeah, Sue is just I guess somewhat recently discovered how much she loves bourbon. Bourbon, yes. aged rum, all the brown mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> the brown spirits. Yes. Yeah. So bourbon is probably my favorite spirit. Me yeah. too. With the whiskey sour being probably my favorite drink. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Yeah. I've, I've kind of, as I've gotten older, kind of um, almost focused more on like what kind of spirit, like how it makes me feel rather than the flavor. Okay. If that makes sense, because I used to love, I used to love drinking gin because I love the flavor. I still do, and I would just just drink like a, like a 
like a classic gin martini was mm. kind of something I would I'll always go to, kind of old mainstream, you know, sometimes with like right. cocktail onions, have a little Gibson with like a good amount of vermouth and I want a taste of vermouth. But I started to realize like gin made me feel kind of weird, like not good. Um, so the two spirits that make me feel like how I want to feel right. is um, any agave spirit, like tequila and mezcal, mezcal, or rum. Rum makes me feel good too. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love whiskey, but it kind of makes me sleepy and mm-hmm. sometimes kind of like want to fight. Those <laughs> 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 are two very night. different responses. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like if, once I get through the sleepiness, then it's like then I kind of get kind of like you don't fight. Agitated. <laughs> yeah. Same with wine. Like wine makes me kind of like it's, it's, it's more of a relaxing kind of yeah. of buzz, whereas like tequila and rum kind of get me up and. Mm-hmm. Like active and happy, which is where I like to be. So that's kind of, you know, I guess why I like to drink Jolly Burns. Right. Or sip on. I really love love to drink Mezcal. Sip on Mezcal. You have a, pretty much a whole restaurant almost dedicated to Mezcal. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty selfish endeavor. But, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, it worked out good for me. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's funny because Mezcal and tequila are the ones that make me feel not great. Yeah. We don't we don't get along too well. Interesting. When I yeah the next day or and yeah I, I find myself I can't really drink that much of it just yeah. because it's something that isn't like as mm-hmm. as natural for me. Sure. So we have everyone has their own kind of proclivities towards something. Oh, yeah. Like, no, for sure. Yeah, it kind of changes over the years and all the things. For sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um. So the fun part, the next question that I usually asked is, where would you go around town to grab a great cocktail? And the fun thing is you have some in your back pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell us about the establishments that you both have brought to Orlando and maybe what a favorite drink is? Sure. Sue, you want to take this one? (laughs) Um, for cocktails, I like to go to uh, all three restaurants. Our, our bar managers been doing really great things with our cocktail program at mm-hmm. each locations. I like to go each places. I have my favorites. You know, when I go to Osprey, Janet makes all these sherry uh, cocktails with cherries in it, and I'm a big cherries. fan. Cherry, cherry, cherry. Yeah, I'm a big fan of cherry cocktails. Yes. Yeah, all that stuff. Uh, old fashioned at uh, the Osprey, it's great. Yeah. For Sato, I get highball from. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll crush some highballs even mm-hmm. though I don't typically drink a lot of whiskey. Okay. So we have this um, this sexual, um, it's a highball dispenser, I guess you call it. It's like a tap, it's like highballs on tap. So it's this special machine that Suntory made um, in partnership with Hoshisaki. And it's a carbonator, but it carbonates, it actually balances the pH of the water, okay. carbonates it very aggressively, and it chills the whiskey and blends it perfectly into like the perfect highball. I'll, so all you have to do is just pull one little tap, yeah. and yeah. then yeah. Get the highball is mm-hmm. ready, ready to rock and yeah. roll. Well, yeah, and then you just kind of peel some lemon and just kind of express it on top, and so you're ready to go. Yeah. We got that installed right before the pandemic hit. So during the pandemic, that, 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 that machine kept me and our, our staff alive. I think we Very true. we went through probably a few cases of Suntory mm-hmm. whiskey just mm. by way of that machine. Fair enough. It was an so all-day-long affair with that machine. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll agree with Sue on that one. Even though I'm not big on sessioning on whiskey, I'll, I'll drink a lot of high sure. As 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 things are reopening, people are now 
back out and back at your restaurants again? Is this something that has been popular or that people are discovering? Yeah, or? yeah for sure. For oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. It's like if you want to drink, if you love the flavor of whiskey, which which I do, and I know Sue does, mm -hmm. but you want to kind of like sip on it and drink like, I guess drink kind a lot of it. A lot of it. Yeah, right. it's a good way because it's like it's pretty much just whiskey and soda with a little bit of like maybe with a, with a lemon peel, right, or any other kind of garnish you want to put on it. So you can kind of really savor the flavor of whiskey without just letting it like touch your lips and you know mm -hmm. if you don't want to get absolutely hammered, right, you know, real quick. Fair enough. Yeah. And for whereas I like to go try all these, you know, different kinds of reposado, añejo that I wasn't used to. There you go. I'm like big fan of now because right. I don't like blancos, like the white tequilas. It doesn't really, you know, doesn't work well with yeah. me. Right. <laughs> but for like the aged ones, are, are, I really like. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm always going I'll in. I the tequilas that I can... Because we used to work with um, Aradura a lot, and so we would oh, do yeah. a lot of tequila drinks. And mm -hmm. I feel like the the Reposado was the one that I yeah. liked the most out, right, of, right. out of those ones. We actually visited yeah. that uh, that distillery in Mexico. Yeah, that was so fun. Yeah, we, we went there. What? We went there and picked out a barrel. We actually have a Reyes uh, exclusive. It's a double Reposado, so it's actually like an añejo, but they call it a double Reposado because it spends eleven months in one barrel and then. For the last month, they move it to a new barrel, so they can't technically call it añejo, even though it's spent 12 months in a barrel. You have to have it spent all 12 months in one, one single yeah. barrel. So it's a double. What is the episode. difference between doing that last month and a different, disrupting it, moving it oh, to another? I, I believe it, it, it imparts like different like tannins and, and flavors to the. Uh, to the tequila. Okay. I think right. it does something good. Whatever, whatever it <laughs> does. Last month. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Last month, maybe it just separates it in some way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we took our uh, uh, bartender. Yeah. Lorena. Yeah. We took Lorena and uh, our GM Nicole. So I know. Yeah. We took Wendy, Wendy, our chef Wendy. Yes. It was a great trip. It was a short trip, but man, it was fantastic. That tour is. Amazing. Unbelievable. Yes, and I that, would love to. It's a great tequila too. I, I didn't realize how much love they put in it, how much history they have, and it's a it's a completely natural product. All the mm -hmm. all the um, stuff that ends up in the bottle, like right. um, the the yeasts that start the uh, the fermentation, it, it all comes naturally from the property. They have fruit trees planted all along the property, and they kind of hint at that. They're like, oh, look at these fruit trees. We'll get to that later. And when you go to the open vat ferment ferment uh, fermentating. The, the fermentation rooms, okay. like it's pretty much a warehouse. So like all the stuff that starts up the fermentation, it's all natural. There's nothing added to it. Right. It all happens naturally. So it's 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 kind of like the natural wine of the of tequila. So there's nothing right. artificial put in there. So that's that, pretty beautiful. That's yeah. all the tequila. Right. So we got two hundred bottles. Yeah, we got our we got our bell right before the pandemic too. So if you're looking for some really nice double reposado, you know where to find yeah. it. Yeah, it's really good. So you got a lot to move for sure. <laughs> Well, I mean, who knows how long we'll be in this thing, so I'm sure people will probably be yeah. needing some That's strong true. spirits <laughs> to get us through, for sure. Um, last question about cocktails, but do you have a, like, do you guys at all, um, like, make anything at home? Like, are you at, at all at home? I know you can have access to cocktails at your fingertips probably mm -hmm. whenever you want, but do you have any drink that you... Cocktail? Oh. Like a cocktail or a wine or like anything. We're more a wine drinker, right? We don't really... I'm not a cocktail drinker. Usually if I'm drinking at home and I'm drinking spirits at home, it's because something's wrong and yeah. I'm trying to get drunk super fast. <laughs> so it's usually just straight out the bottle and then into my mouth. Right. Yeah. Okay, so as far as like, you get a cocktail, something. 
we usually don't we i mean usually when we're drinking cocktails it's at one of the restaurants or when we're out just to like kind of you know taste it and really enjoy it but right. if i'm drinking you know hard liquor at home it's usually just do you i'm sure you probably do a tasting of all the, all the cocktails that go on your menus yeah i we mean do. we are our, our, our beverage directors are pretty we'll usually have them just put it on the menu and then we'll just kind of make our rounds and taste to you know discover our new favorites right right Suppose yeah. there's not even one single time we're like, you know, oh my, what is this? You know, yeah. <laughs> it's usually very good. Yeah, we're usually struggling to find our favorite. Yeah. Right. So. So, at your three restaurants, who are the three? Is Lorena the one at Reyes? Mm-hmm. And then who are the other two right now? Janet is at Osprey. Okay. And uh, DC is our Sato bar manager. Okay. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. They all such different styles too. It's very really different. Right. Yeah. That's so fun. That's it. Yeah, beautiful offerings around town. Um, so we are going to move along into the next uh, subject, which is story. And so I think it's so fascinating that we don't really get to choose like where we get placed in the planet, um, our DNA, our personality, our family of origin. Just we're just put on this earth, right? And then. <laughs> Along with everyone else, we're trying to figure out how to navigate and find our place in the world and our purpose and all the things of that nature. Um, so I'd like to, since this is the first time I've had two people, and I wanted right. both of you. <laughs> we're just Tag high team. Five. You have such uh, beautiful offerings, uh, I think, to Orlando, and you've offered um, really elevated uh, dining experiences, which I think come from both of you, Thank of course, you. like incredibly beautiful <laughs> design and incredibly amazing restaurateur business ship. Um, <laughs> so it was really fun for me to have both of you on. So instead of going through both of your whole life uh, histories, I would love to just kind of understand kind of like the um, family of origin that you mm-hmm. kind of like, what was it like growing up in your household in those kind of early years? Um, the vibe of that and then we'll kind of get to the place of how you guys connected and then all the things that you've done together oh my (laughs) where should we start (laughs) you want to go first you can go first well to start I was born in Korea okay I was raised there until I was 15 I moved with my family. Mm-hmm. Of course, they were looking for better opportunity and all mm-hmm. better education. Where so. in Korea were you? Seoul, the capital. Seoul. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've always wanted to Now go. that I have kids of my own, you yes. know, like I can't even imagine for them to just uproot everything and move mm-hmm. just for the better opportunity for your children. Can I do that right now? <laughs> you know, because they move when they're my age now. I'm, I'm 40. Right. I can't even imagine going to some other country who doesn't, you don't, you don't speak the language. Totally starting over. Right. Right. So I have so much respect for that, for my parents, you know, mm. for them doing that. And that's why I'm here, you know, met Jason. We were able to do what we do now. What right. We love to do. But yeah, so I moved at 15. I started working at early age. Okay. As soon as I moved, somehow we... <laughs> in six, the States? In the state, yeah. Okay. I started working, just, you know, like picking up, you know, like working for other Korean business owners and, you know, learn a lot of things. And I think because I was working such an early age, I had my own spending money. Ah. So I was going around, like, thinking back, I used to eat really good. Because <laughs> I would just go to restaurants and eat really good stuff. 
I think that's when I met you're, Jason. You're on budget. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. And my, my parents were very like open with me. She, they didn't really worry about me, I guess. My brother was the nerdy one. Okay. <laughs> he was really good at school. So you had siblings? Yeah, I had one brother, one younger brother. brother. He's okay. computer genius. Okay. So I think they were very into like, oh, he's going to be something, someone really great. <laughs> I'm like, the, oh, she, she's got it. She's working. Yeah, she's making her own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm the older one, so I think they didn't really worry about me too much. Really? Yeah. Ah. I know, very right. <laughs> they were more, like, protective of, like, the oh, oldest and yeah, the girl? Yeah, right. But, no, they were like, you go with your thing, you know, making uh-huh. your own money. <laughs> making your own way in the world. <laughs> yeah, so I did that. I went to Full Sail. Uh, oh, right before I went to Full Sail, uh, I worked at a uh, Sado Winter Park, which Jason's dad opened. Yes. 2000, 20 right. years ago. Yeah. yeah that's when I, um, before I went to start Full Sail, I wanted to make quick, you know, cash before I started this crazy school that I can't even get a job during, okay. you know. <laughs> that's when I met Jason. I worked there for six months. Wow. Yeah. And then. Uh, that's how you guys met? Yeah. yeah I was an indentured met. servant there. I was, uh, <laughs> I, was uh, I was a server. I was dishwashing. With, for no pay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're gonna come to that okay. that story in a little bit yeah. later. But um, so can you like remember like how was living in Korea different than like I mean, it's a very different culture. So how like do you remember like up until mm-hmm. your you know your elementary and your high school years? That's yeah. Pretty... All I remember is really like going to school, going to like after school program, and then church. Okay. That was pretty much it. I was in my teenage years, so, you know, I was just with my friends all the time. Right. And I was mad at my parents for the longest time because they pretty much, you know. Oh, you yeah, at exactly. At 15? At 15. That's the moment that you're, like, entrenched in your world. Right. School and girlfriends. Yeah, and, yeah. Right? So that was pretty tough. Pretty tough. You know, tough times, but, you know, got through how it. Long did you, how long until you came around to... Probably See, after college, I was a, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on my, yeah, I was, you know, I guess rebellion. Rebellious? Rebellious? Yes. On my own, my way. This is why we're my here. My own way. <laughs> what exactly do you mean by your I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, just, you know, it was tough times, but, you know, I think that's what made me strong. Mm. You know. How was the transition, like at 15 to coming to? Very tough, going right? to ESL class and at yeah. school, not you know having any friends and all that stuff. But I think art, because I loved art since mm-hmm. day, you know when I was little. I, for some reason, I knew I wanted to be a graphic designer. <laughs> Even back then, at like yeah. 12, 13, I was like, people would ask me, so what do you want to be? I was like, I don't know, graphic designer. <laughs> Like, I didn't even know what they do. <laughs> but I knew some, like, one day I wanted to do work with computer, creating arts. Yeah. And stuff like that. So I was like, that's why I went to Full Sail, too. I mean, I learned, you know, they have digital media program. That was like, I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Sure. I had a plan. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So I went and did my thing. And when I graduated, I think it was that's uh, when the recession hit. Uh, what was oh, it? 2008. 2008. Yeah. Was it? Wait, 2003. <laughs> No, you didn't graduate. No, 9-11 happened. Oh, 9-11. Yes. Oh, that was 2001. 2001. Yes, yes 9-11 happened. Like the recession. I couldn't get a job. Okay. <laughs> so, so you were finishing up full sale at 2001. Yes, the worst time to graduate, right. to get look for a job. 
So my best friend and I, we opened a little kiosk at at Atom Spring Walls. Back then, the it was really popular. It was like making a little keychain, engraved photos on a keychain okay. thing. Okay. <laughs> so we we had three grand each. So we combined the money, opened up this little kiosk with a printer and a okay. computer, and that's when I like really got into Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> just to make these little keychains right? you know like we did that for a year and we you know made enough money to pay off our credit you know card bills during college right. years yeah and so that was a pretty good gig <laughs> <laughs> and then after that through my friend i got a job at um falcon street house it's a theme park design company in local in oh. windermere yeah they do a self-contract for Disney, Bush Gardens, okay. Universal. So we used to design like theme park rides and 4D rides and all that stuff. That's a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah, that what was are you deal. talking about? You said design theme park rides? That was really fun. Yeah, yeah, I did that for like six years before I got married. Okay. And then she's kind of playing it down too. She did like theme park <laughs> master planning. <laughs> that was really what, fun. Can yeah. you disclose what are some of the rides that you worked on? Ah. <sighs> My God, it's been so long. I mean, we designed uh, some big parks in China, Chengdu. Okay. We did some work for Universal, Singapore Universal, when they opened. We helped them out. Do you go there? Did you go there? Yeah, we had, I had to go site direct right. some of the ride. Yeah. So we did that. I went You're to Singapore. You're an international <laughs> world of mystery, Sue. Come on. Isn't that something West Virginia that you did? Like the Bush yeah, Gardens? Bush Garden. There's a, a Dark Castle 4D ride. Okay. Uh, we got awarded for that one. Yeah, that was like fifteen years ago. Yeah, I did that. I helped okay. to build the um, what's the longest ride? A rocket roller coaster at Universal. Yes. Yeah, yeah the longest uh, roller right. coaster. Yeah, I helped them theme the characters there. Yeah. yeah she made those characters. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was in the room when she she designed those characters. That's so amazing. Oh, thank I you. I know. Yeah. Cool. And after I got married, I worked with uh, Nickelodeon uh, for a while. Okay. Uh, helping them building resorts and, you know, all around the places. I mean, this is the place, right? Yeah. It's yeah. pretty crazy. And they have yeah. a headquarters, a design so creative uh, office in downtown where the I... Bank of America building used to be. Oh. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I did that for a little bit. And then Jason started building restaurants. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so then you switched to the family business, yes. right? But it's been so much fun, you know. It's very different uh, design work, mm -hmm. but it's very similar because you're theming a restaurant. Yeah. You know, this time it's Mexican, this time it's sushi. And like same. So did you start with Sato and Baldwin? Yes. Okay. With their renovation. Okay. In 2005, 2010. right? 2010? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, we opened in 2005, and then in 2010 we took on more space and kind of expanded a little bit. Right. So she helped with that. The whole bar side wasn't there before. Yeah. That's the oh. expansion, yeah. On the corner? Yeah, the whole bar, liquor bar. Yeah. Side, oh, yeah, right. that's all like, new addition. Right, right. That's the wine case. Has, okay, mm -hmm. That right. whole area is yeah. uh, So right. we did that, and we're like, hey, we can do this. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then oh, through all these uh, trips to Chicago and all these bigger cities, we're like, hey, we gotta bring some this back home, you know? Mm -hmm. And then that's when Osprey happened, and yeah. we dreamed about opening a place like Osprey. And, Okay, let's get Jason's yeah. story. Yeah, and yeah, we'll see what it. you guys need and then how things have blossomed. Oh, so it's my turn? Yes. Whew. Okay, so we're. So you did it. <laughs> Wasn't that hard, right? Okay. All right, go ahead. Cool. So, what was the question? What, what the... So, kind of like, where 
did you get placed in the world and what was it like the family your family of origin okay. like and how did you okay so i was born in, in chicago um spent the first like bit of my childhood there um, until i was uh eight so i moved to i moved to florida and uh, orlando um, apopka specifically um, back in, in, in 1990 um, but back back in chicago um my parents they they were um, you know, the, I guess they were immigrant entrepreneurs. You know, they did what uh, they did what they could. So they had um, like a like a dry cleaning alterations and shoe repair business they had up there. So come to find out, that's a pretty like common business for Korean people to be in. <laughs> in um, but yeah, it was a it was a comfortable childhood. Um, I remember having um, a lot of fun with like uh, the kids in our neighborhood, snowball fights, you know, building forts and stuff in the field by our house. Very different than Central Florida. Yeah, very, right. very different, very different. Um, and then uh, I we moved down here in 1990. Um, because my parents were sick of the the, the long Chicago winters, um, and um, I don't know how people do it. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we had family here already. Like my dad's brother and sister both lived here. Um, and I think my grandma she she moved down here. She used to live with us up in Chicago, but then she moved down here. As my grandma on my father's side moved down to Florida before we did, and I guess that was kind of it. Like it was our well, our my dad's whole family is down here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at that time, my mom's entire family still lived in Korea. Um, so we moved down here, and, and then they got into the um, the, uh, the nursery business, uh, indoor tropical foliage. Oh. So they went straight from, you know, brutal winters to the tropics. Right. <laughs> and, to the blazing heat of yeah. Florida. Yeah, so um, I spent a lot of my, my free time there, you know, picking weeds out of... Where was this? Apopka. Apopka, okay. Yeah, sorry. so um, yeah, and there was a whole there's a whole industrial area down there. Um, I don't know if it's if the industry is still the same. I want to say that it's not, but um, for a time, Apopka was the leading um, supplier of indoor tropical foliage mm-hmm. for the entire like like North America. Um, so when we first got this house, I went to the Florida cactus farm mm-hmm. that's out there. Okay. Um, and it was just like acres. It was seemingly unending mm. of they have so much plants and oh, yeah. Yeah. cactuses yeah, there's and there's a lot out there lots. there's like yeah. orchid um nurseries um you know f- place that specialize in ferns uh, but yeah so, so my parents they specialized in in uh kind of just fold your gift for the house so like you know golden potus you probably have some stuff yeah like that you know you used to sell those. <laughs> All right. Yeah. These are the ones I, that I have managed to keep alive. Yeah. So I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember, yeah, when golden. I bought, uh, at the beginning of when we bought this house, I bought, we bought a lot of stuff. And some of it I could manage, and some of it is not here anymore. So yeah. these are the ones that I could, yeah, keep yeah. going. Right. So that's where I spent uh, most of my younger years that I actually, like, remember very well was, uh, you know, in, in Apopka. That's why I discovered my love for like real Mexican cuisine was mm. the old taquerias mm-hmm. that are kind of um, you know just on the side of a gas station. And yes. I, my mom would go in and speak the most awful broken Spanish <laughs> uh, to like to the people that worked there, and they, they loved it. I'm like, mom, I think you're offending them, and she's like, no, 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 I'm not. She's trying. Yeah, she's trying. Yeah. <laughs> and and they, they got such a kick out of it because it was it, it was fine. Um, so yes, yeah, so I, I went to. Pretty much the, the the end of elementary school, middle school, and all of high school, mm-hmm. and all of college. 
here in Central Florida. Mm-hmm. I've never left, never uh, never moved out of uh, the state. So once once I moved down here, that was good for me. I, I stayed. Right. Um, yeah, I and went you to, went to the, our local university. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, I, I went to Full Sail as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I got a, a, a AS degree in digital media. Worked in the industry for about a year. Okay. Um, realized that um, it, it wasn't for me. I did not like 3D animation. It was fun. It was cool. It was it cool. 3D animation? I yeah. know. Who are we talking His to? His work <laughs> actually played uh, as a back uh, background uh, animation on Eminem's concert. Oh, no, oh. it was the M- MTV Music Awards. Oh, was it MTV yeah, Music Awards? Yeah, it was a big screen, and the, we created these, Everyone was playing. these like, that's where loop, yeah, it, yeah, it was during yeah. Eminem's performance. Um, oh, my, Jason, that's your work! <laughs> it was gigantic screen. Yeah. It was playing on. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, so we did, like, these, like, loopable 3D animations that um, you could sell to any media company to use as kind of like a like high-impact backdrop you know like looped right. animation yeah, all yeah. different themes like there was some that like, news news stations would use right. like behind their news anchor to have like some kind of you know moving undulating yeah moving yeah, exactly yeah. Like, like church themed ones that you know churches would use like on their screens what um, year is this this was 2001 Oh, okay. 2001, yeah. yeah so, mm-hmm. 2001. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went to Full Sail right after um, right after high school because um, I, uh, I honestly didn't really know what I wanted to do. And, you know, I, I went there on an open house. Just somebody had recommended it. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. I want to do that. And mm-hmm. at 18, like, I mean, aside from Sue here, who really knows what they want to do? <laughs> right. you know? I didn't know. And I'm glad I did that because I didn't jump into a four-year university right away because, right. I mean, I, you know, it's costly. Yeah, and I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Hell, to, to, to this day, I kind of don't know what I want to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did that. Worked in the industry for a year. Um, I'm a very active type, so like I kind of realized I couldn't sit in front of the computer all day. Mm-hmm. That kind of was bad for my soul. Um, looking around at my at my my um, my workmates, just seeing that they, that's all they did all day, and when they would take a break, they would take a break. To take a break, they would play like a video game. So their break was still in front of the it's computer. I think that was kind of the aha moment. I was like, "This can't, this can't be it for me." I was right. like, "You know, no shade on them. Like they loved it. And they, they were They're in the right place. That. Exactly. I was I not. I'm like, that. I want to go outside and play hacky sack or throw a frisbee around or something. Like I gotta like get my right. play something. So then I realized, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna do this. And then you know, 9/11 happened, and you know, a lot of kind of the work dried up. Um, so then I decided to go back to school. Mm. So I went back to UCF. I originally had enrolled in graphic design because I didn't know what else to do. Um, but then I realized, like, why? Same job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why am I really doing this? Like, I have the technical skill to do this. I really wanted to. I don't need a four-year degree for this. But I still don't know what I want to do. I'm going to go to the college of business because, you know, like, I, I knew that I wanted to do something for myself. I wanted to be in business for myself, and I thought it'd be prudent for me to, to learn, um, you know, you know, business. So I, I kind of jumped around the college of business a little bit, uh, would start off in marketing and then entrepreneurship, and then ended up with a double major in accounting and finance. Ended up dropping accounting because it's just so boring. <laughs> accounting is like, it's so important, but God, it's just right. so boring. Like, it was not hard, like I could do the work, but I just, just dreaded every accounting class. No matter how good the professor was, I'm like, I just, I can see myself flunking out of this just because like I just didn't care to do it. Right. But finance, I really enjoyed it. Because it's all about, 
make, taking money, making more money, making a huge mess, and then giving that to the account and be like, hey, make this legal, you know, make, <laughs> make, this, uh, make this work on the books. Yeah. So, so I like that about it. Um, I graduated in 2007, shortly thereafter, got married to this one here. Okay. 2007, yeah. And, yeah. Um, at that point um, in 2007, um, I had pretty much decided that um, I was going to give my hand at the family business because mm. my parents at that point they had been um, running Sato for since 2000 so um, you know six seven years at the time right um, at that point we had um, three locations um, the first one was in, right. in Winter Park in the Winter Park Village um, the second location was in Celebration that's actually where I learned that's where I graduated from the in Celebration? From, yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's not there anymore oh, we, okay. we sold it um, but that's was the one in Winter Park Village to the right of the movie. Yeah, that's the one. Oh that yeah, that's yeah, the that very first one. one. Yeah. I went many times. Right. I've lived in Arlena for twenty years, Ooh. a long time. So I lived here a long time and and had gone to that one yeah. many a times. So yeah, so chances are I've washed the dishes that you ate off of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank so, you. So, so the celebration, hopefully they were clean. I knew they were clean. I took my job very seriously. Right. I was kind of a neat freak. So when did you hop into the to the family. Well, I was always. I you was, said it wasn't your by choice. Yeah, I was always in there, and it wasn't by choice. I was um, kind of their like weekend dishwasher, you know, when we first opened, and then uh, when we opened the second location in Celebration, that's where I kind of started to learn more of like the cooking side. Like they put me um, behind the sushi bar, you know, on the on the cook line to kind of learn all that, which uh, which I really enjoyed. Dishwashing, I didn't really enjoy too much right. I did it um, um, to the best of my ability just because it was something that had to be like a family it's just like well like, yeah. we're all yeah. in this together and oh for sure yeah for sure you um, need the dishwasher yeah, he, yeah and his dad was all about like you gotta learn from the yeah, ground up yes so, yeah. did you have any siblings yeah I have a sister you have a sister yeah she okay. she, uh, she owns and operates our our um, this the Sado in, uh, in, in Dr. Phillips yeah, so she, she kind of came up, she came up in the business too. Also, um, she did, I don't think she ever washed dishes. Her husband Eric washed dishes w with me. Okay. <laughs> so my, my the whole family was there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then we, we all kind of came oh, up. For, yeah, I think Jenny, your sister. When I first met her, she was scrubbing toilets. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, I went apart, and right. she showed me. So this is how you you know clean bathroom. <laughs> yeah. She trained me. Yeah, so my whole beginning. Yeah, yes. so my, yeah. my parents really believed in you know starting from the very bottom. Um, but yeah, in celebration, I learned how to. Um, that's where I trained to to learn how to make sushi and cook. Um, and then um, my parents opened up the Baldwin Park location in two thousand five. At that point, I was just kind of helping out. I wasn't really part of the operation. It wasn't. Until and you were like, in school at this point. I was in school. Yeah, right. I, I, I was. Um, I was pretty much um, finishing up. Um, at UCF or maybe my junior year um, but I, I was still working there kind of part-time at the sushi bar like and you know more like full-time when part -time. I first met him, I was working a lot yeah but so you but, had started when in what year 2000 2000 oh for serving I served there for six months before right before I went to full sale okay so only time I uh, met Jason early 2000 uh, one right yeah that was only six months and then we kind of went our separate ways uh, yeah. and then we reconnected after seven years yeah. oh yeah at Baldwin Park location oh yeah. so you guys yeah. so you got married in 2007 right yeah but we didn't date or anything no, before no, yeah, that yeah we weren't like we we're just of, old friends you know, our paths kind of 
diverged and then right. converged back in 2007. I hated hey. my yeah. restaurant gig. <laughs> but I, first I said, I'm like, oh, wow, I really hate restaurant business. <laughs> well, so six months did it. I was like, okay, you. never again. Right? <laughs> well, back then, when I was in it, I really didn't like it either. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, here you are. Yeah, yeah. so back, that was, um, so in 2000, um, 2005, 2006, I was just kind of helping them out, working quote-unquote part-time, which was still pretty much full-time. I think I was working like 35, 40 hours, but you know, <laughs> by restaurant standards, that's part-time. That's right. part-time work. That's mm-hmm. part-time work. Um, and then, <laughs> so as I was, um, as I was getting ready to graduate college and um, trying to figure out what I'm going to do, that's kind of when the that's when the Great Recession happened. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe finance isn't the way to go right now. Maybe I'll just kind of you know learn what I can in the family business, and then once I'm ready to go out and be a be an investment banker, I'll, I'll pick up where I left off. Then well, that never happened. Did did, did that hold a great amount of interest to you? Um, what the operating the the restaurant? Um, no, being an investment maker. Um. Yeah, I think I think I was I think I was delusional though. You know, I think it was just the idea of being like self-made and going out and like you know, you know, making a lot of money on on like the financial markets. It just seemed like a, you know, at that age, being a young man, it's like yes, yeah, I'm gonna do. You know, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work Wall Street. I wanna make a bajillion dollars. <laughs> you know, but then the end goal was just kind of that um, paycheck and status. I guess yeah. It's right. Like thinking Versus... back on it, that. that that's a that's a pretty crappy motivation, you know, <laughs> which makes me like, really thankful that my path went mm, down the way, way. That, mm-hmm. that you know went the way that it did because I feel like my life is and what I do is far more meaningful to me at least. I'm not you know I'm not saying that people who work in the finance they're not they're not doing stuff, they're not you know doing being, a meaningful right. um, uh, deed, but I, I don't know how I don't know what my life would be like if I, if I went ahead and did that. Mm-hmm. I probably would have made something out of it, but I don't think I would be as happy. I wouldn't, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, the work that I have now is very fulfilling to me, and I really, really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just took that one decision to, uh, to just kind of stick around and see what I could learn from my, my mom and dad, mm-hmm. um, learn, learn business the way that they, they did it, learn from that, and then discover how I would want to do it. And then, um, you know, because... Not everything that my parents taught me, actually very few, very little of what my parents taught me is what, is how we're doing it now. Ah. And it, it took some time for me to really kind of discover um, different ways of doing it and what, uh, you know, how I wanted to operate the business the way that I wanted to, to, you know, live the kind of life that I want to live with, you know, because they were just working mm-hmm. all hours of the day and, um, you know, which, which we did for some time. And I think that built a lot of like work ethic and, and character, but at the end of the day, like, you know, 70, yeah, 70 hour weeks is it's just, not yeah, it's, I mean, their generation is like, oh, you're an owner, you're the owner. Yeah. You have to be at the you store live there. every single day. Yeah. But, you know, we can't be happy. I literally had a cot in my office that I would take naps in because I would spend my entire, entire like waking life at the restaurant. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it was back in 2006, I decided to stick around and, and learn. And then back in like right around 2007, when we, when we were getting ready to get married, I'm like, all right, well, I'm getting married. I need something like, you know, stable, something to call my own. 
uh, worked something out with my parents. I decided, okay, I'm going to take this thing over. I'll, I'll, we, they came up with a price for me to buy it off then. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing came easy. It wasn't like I took over. <laughs> right. I'm always censored by them. Like, oh, yeah, you took, you, they gave you the keys to the kingdom? No. <laughs> they didn't give me no keys. They gave me the key to the back door to come in early, you know, to open up. Exactly. No keys to the kingdom. I had to buy it off then. Still paying off, by the way. <laughs> So how did that work out with you and your sister? Okay, so me and my so my sister and brother-in-law back at that point they were operating the celebration location, but then they um, right around that time, around two thousand eight, um, um, we were going to open up our fourth location in in Dr. Phillips on Sand Lake Road in Turkey Lake. Right. Um, they right around that time we were um, wanting to do something with the celebration store. Um, it's kind of a trek. And um, it was it was very seasonal, so some so my sister didn't really like that about that location. Oh, so far yeah, too. Yeah, really Kami was like an hour. Right. Yeah, they were living kind of in this area. Right. Going so tr- celebration is getting on I four going all the way yeah. down there. Yeah. 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 If you get at the wrong time of the day, you're in trouble. What I'm curious as this first celebration seasonal in the resort like or the attraction uh, the, seasonality or what was seasonal maybe, about celebration? Maybe what we. What we observed there was a lot of uh, European families had their second homes there. Okay. Their winter homes. Uh-huh. So that and along with probably the resort being in like the attractions being busy kind of um, made it so that you had a really busy like kind of fall through spring right. season. But the summertime it just it was, it was a dead. ghost town. Yeah, a ghost town. Right. Um, so a lot of all those led to the, to the decision to sell it and then for for uh, my sister and brother-in-law to pretty much be in charge of and you know kind of have the same kind Focused of arrangement on. that I had with, uh-huh. with my parents uh, to buy off um, the location in in, uh, in Dr. Phillips. Phillips yeah and then you got the Winter Park one the, in, in Baldwin Park yeah. Baldwin Park yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, for a time we were tr- kind of like all running, we were running the Baldwin Park store and the the, the Dr. Phillips store together. I think that was the original plan, but it just ended up being a lot easier just to kind of mm-hmm. have them take care of one store mm-hmm. and us take care of another store. Right. So they kind of just owned your own. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So that, that's why when you go to like the Sado down there in Dr. Phillips and the Sado in, in Baldwin Park, you'll see some you'll see some differences there. It's the same same brand and same restaurant essentially, but some of the menu items will be different. Some of the direction we've taken on certain um, you know menu categories will be a little little mm. different. But you know I kind of like that about it. You know it's kind of like they they're like a, it's like we're very touristy spot. You know they're dealing right. with a lot of Brazilian customers. So they have to have their own, you know, offerings. Yeah, to offerings. yeah to for sure. Yeah. So we've had to kind of adapt and grow in different ways. Sure. Um, which I think is fascinating. Baldwin think, Markets I, is, I, is I kind of more local, little yeah. niche yeah, <laughs> in the world. Yeah, we have our, we have our own bubble, you know, right. our own like you know really loyal um, you know base of of, uh, mm-hmm. of regulars and locals. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> um, and then, so 2007, you reconnect. Mm-hmm. How did this happen, and how did Sparks fly now versus 2000, 2000 2001? How did you? So, think, at that time, oh, this guy. 
dishwasher has <laughs> At the time, I was like really into my work. I was traveling a lot, you know, right. with this theme park business, you know, designing. Yeah, international. <laughs> so I was traveling a lot. I was never home. And one day, um, uh, Mr. Chin came to one of our aunt's place. Uh, she actually owns a Korean place, Xinjiang on Colonial. That's my aunt. Oh, yeah. Yes. They're reopening soon, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So she was like, hey, Mr. So Chin came by. Like, <laughs> Mr. Chin came by and he was like asking about you, you know, how you're doing, if you're married. So I told, I told him, you know, you're still single and you're just traveling. So he gave me, you know, his number. You should just call him and, you know, let him know you're doing good. I was like, oh, oh my gosh, I miss, I miss Mr. Chin because he used to really, like, adore me when I worked at uh, Sato Winter Park. Okay. He loved me as his own. Like, he, they were such a nice family. Mr. So, Chin, Mr. Like Chin, the dad? The dad, oh, yeah. I thought it was you. No, she was, <laughs> you better not be calling me Mr. No. Chin. <laughs> the like, real. so ballsy, okay? <laughs> Mr. Chin, so I was like, oh, let me go say hi. I so that's when he was now. like, hey, uh, my son Jason, remember Jason? Like, he's taking care of, uh, he's running a Baldwin Park location. You should come check it out. <gasps> but that was around Christmas time. Is this so was somewhat like, arranged? This is amazing. <laughs> so I was like, More oh, like let's go say hi. A little nodding. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I've visited Baldwin Park I'm like oh my god this place is awesome yeah so you know that's when I uh, reconnect with Jason and when I saw him he just became a man he just (laughs) (laughs) like who is this guy (laughs) this is not the Jason I knew he was only 18 years old when I first met him Uh, yeah Yeah, and how old were you 25 back in yeah 25 I was 27 right yeah so we met and nine months later we were married Basically yeah. beat it off. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How, like, how did that initial, like, reconnection go? Like, It was like meeting your know, old friend, you know? Right. Like, it was really, oh, man, it's so good to see you. And then, like, hey, this guy's really nice. <laughs> I should really get to know him. Uh-huh. And I just loved his family. Right. Yeah, from the get-go. So it was a very natural thing. You know what they say. I mean, you don't marry the man, you marry the family, right? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so that's how um, we got together. Yeah, it, it happened really fast, but you know, it's it just felt it, it, it felt very right. You know, right. I was sick of dating even at that age. I was like, gosh, I was hating dating. <laughs> it's the worst, literally. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, just and I kind of I kind of had it at that point, and it just it felt it just felt right. It's it's, it's hard to explain it in any other way. Mm-hmm. Aww. Try it out. <laughs> I think it was good that we had the seven years gap because otherwise, because, you know, by then we both like dated a lot of, you know, people and right. we knew what we wanted in a relationship. And we were first, you know, when we met after seven years, we're like, hi, this is it. This is what I wanted right. this whole time. And, you know, that's how things. Yeah, our little fling back in 2001. I was, I was just a boy. Right. You were so young. I just got it out of like a like my my first ever like you know like high school relationship. Like I was, uh, you know. I still I remember, Mister Chu. Yeah, Mister Chu would be like, "Hey, Sue, why don't you date my my son? He's he's cute, right?" I was like, "Yeah, but he's 18." <laughs> She was 20, so she was an adult. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so we, I mean, we, yeah. Yeah, it it worked out. We're we're still happily married, right? With two children. (laughs) Right. We work together, you know. 20, no, this is 13 13 years. 13 years. Yeah. 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 13 years. 
yeah. I'm thankful for her, you know, that somebody who can tolerate me all hours of the day. We, we, we work together. Right. And I'm very grateful for that. Again, I'm sure not many couples can say, you know, oh, we enjoy working together, you know? Right. <laughs> like, we actually do. We, yeah. I think, help him. I mean, it's not without its friction, you know? So, <laughs> you know, she knows how, she knows my, my hot button that I know right. hers and like, you know. So we try to just push it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Depends what our motive is, but, you know. But we, we learned by working together um, we kind of in the first first two years of our marriage, I think we like got through like ten years worth of like fights. Exactly. You know? Yes. Yeah, it was pretty intense. But you know, we we genuinely like care about one another, and you know, so we we learned and we adapted. Yeah, and, it um, should be. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think we make a pretty good partnership. She. I think so. She makes up for all that I lack, <laughs> and that's that's a pretty big role to fill. <laughs> Same for me too. Yes. Okay. That's so beautiful. So you got married in 2007, mm-hmm. right in the middle of um, a great re- recession. Mm-hmm. You own a restaurant, buying, I mean, on your way to... I'm house. buying a, I'm buying yeah. a restaurant. <laughs> a restaurant yeah. in Baldwin Park, and you have been traveling the world doing um, all sorts of design things. Oh, yeah. And then you were, had been back in Orlando with doing um, resort or like um, attractions design and resort Yeah, design. I was freelancing, freelancing. Um, for Nickelodeon right. and Universal after okay. I got married because I couldn't have my full-time job with, you know, running, helping him running run the restaurant. Right. So, but I didn't want to like totally leave the industry because I loved it so much mm-hmm. and I, I had to have some kind of creative outlet, you know. <laughs> right. So I kept that for about another five years, good what five years. That? Oh, was that? That was 2000. That was after we after expanded. we got married. Oh, after yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because right after it, it all kind of happened at once. So, I I agreed to buy the, the restaurant for my parents. Soon I got married, and then she left her job at Falcon's Treehouse. So for for the the year or two after that, so I guess from two thousand seven to two thousand nine, I was just in the restaurant. She was just helping me at the full time, kind of like living living mm-hmm. the life that I lived. I felt so bad because she was like not in a good place. <laughs> we were just at the restaurant all the time, and just like you know, pretty much just like running running the restaurant. Right. Like I mean, I didn't mind because we were growing this family business together. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to do it. But my, cur- like my creative side pretty... was like, what am I doing? You did yeah. Oh, you minded. Yeah, that, that's what all the fights were, were based off of. Like, this is not my thing. I, I hate it. I'm like, oh. You know, but I think it, it was the people part because I'm used to imp- working from my computer, doing my design work, you know. Mm. You was know. that exhausting to you? But like in the restaurant, you have to work with people. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a lot for was me because I wasn't used to, to that. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, customer is a whole another thing, but you know, dealing with employees, you know, yeah. hiring, firing, all that. We were doing back then. Girls. We were doing all that by ourselves. Right. And that really got to me, I think. So that's why the three first three years. How did you see so, that transitioning to? How did you transition out of that to like be able to run your restaurants in a more healthy way? But then from there, you grew. Right. It took time. It took time. It but took. It took a lot of like late nights, like after work, just. Just sitting down and be like, what are we doing? Like, well, like we can't. We, I think we learn to trust people and that, delegating work to our employees who's sure. more than capable. Yeah. But letting that go in the beginning was very hard because mm-hmm. we were pretty much micromanaging everything. 
Yeah, you know, yeah, we without don't have any managers. If it's not us, they can't do this, what we're doing. But actually, they're actually, right? <laughs> they can do better than us because yeah. that's their thing. We're trying to do a million things, you know, at, at, on a same time. So I don't know if you guys have been to the Oxford Exchange. Yes, we, yes, we did. Yeah. Which was right. fun. Yes, yeah. it, is, it is something way back a million years ago that I had a dream of doing in Orlando and just the level of excellence that mm-hmm. they had brought with all of the different like yeah. things that they had offered through that space mm-hmm. um, and their restaurant. Um, and so when you guys opened Gosper Tavern, I just remember thinking like, this is such a level of excellence, like on oh. like, kind of like it reminded me of Oxford Tampa. Thank you. Because, um, like I said, I've lived in Orlando for 20 years now. um, And for a long time, I traveled for my job. I did events. And so I would travel. I traveled for um, about five years. Mm -hmm. So I would say I got to... Anyway, I've done lots of traveling. I love traveling. But um, Orlando really, I think, had a growth really around that time. Also, as well, like, culturally and food-wise, like... um, I just remember, like, the ravenous pig being, like, at the very, uh, also on, like, the front of that as far Mm -hmm. as, like, being aware of, like, where our food is coming from and, um, having a great cocktail menu and, like, things of of this nature where living on this side of Orlando, right, Mm -hmm. we're not obviously here for, like, kind of the, the big box or the big entertainment or, like, that's, that's its own world and it's doing its own thing, but the beauty of kind of our side of Orlando was really growing around Mm -hmm. that time of, like, 2009. Yeah, I agree. Um, and seeing just how hungry we are for right. places that are memorable, mm-hmm. right? And that um, people will, um, like, I remember it was a big deal to go out for my 30th birthday, and right? And that and that's, like, a memorable thing at a, at a restaurant to right. celebrate and to, like, m- like, know what farms that you're sourcing right. your food. And that had not really been thing or an issue like before that time um and so with you guys kind of opening the osprey tavern i think it was just such a also a beautiful addition to um the elevation of like restaurants within thank you and part of that a huge part of that i feel like was the design of it and you you I was like, who, who did this? <laughs> like, can I live here? This is so beautiful. I just, we, um, yeah, I just, and of course we had our entrepreneurs dinner there many years ago at the, True. At kind of like starting with dinner party project. You guys gracefully hosted us a lot, a long time ago, but, um, how was that kind of starting? So you had had one restaurant and then you said, I want to be able to make something of myself and be able to give something, I feel like, to the community. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was quite the journey. Um, you know, we were running Sado for quite a long time before that, you know, so it's not the typical, I guess, uh, growth strategy of, of most people getting into the restaurant business. For, for the longest time, you know, I didn't, I didn't think that I'd do anything else, just from what my parents said, like, you know, you know, don't don't open up a restaurant, you know, unless you can do it all, you know, you can do it outright cash, you know? It's like, right. well, dang, man, it's like opening up restaurants, like, <clears throat> costs like millions sometimes, I'll never do it. So I, I never really had that uh, in my mind, uh, but, you know, finances aside, um, when in 
2008 or nine, um, Sue and I really started to get into traveling a lot. The first year of our marriage was just work, work, work. And then Sue was fed up. She was like, this can't be, this cannot be our life. This can't be how we live our life. So she, lose it, buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and I really didn't know what I was missing out on. Cause I just, I think I was just, uh, either like immune to it or like had a high ceiling for work. I was just dumb. That's probably what it is. I was just, I was just dumb. And I, I booked was, a surprise trip for him for his birthday. Ah. We yeah. flew to New York and yeah. that was like, <gasps> what was it your It was my birthday. It was my, it was my, my first birthday being married to you, I believe. And then, yeah, my gift for him for birthday was yeah. a trip yeah. to somewhere. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I, I, before that, I, I didn't really have, I wouldn't say I didn't have a desire, but it wasn't really, I just knew I couldn't travel a lot because I was working so much. So I didn't feel trapped, but suited. Oh, well, you're missing out. Yeah, you so, gotta go see the world. So, yeah. So after that, we went traveling a lot. We'd go to like, she wanted to see my hometown where I was from. So we went up to Chicago shortly thereafter. We went to, um, you know, all sorts of places. Yeah, we're like, Napa. Um, yeah, yeah. We went to, yeah, um, San Francisco, you know, the wine country up there, um, Aspen. Um, so were you we like checking out different, like, Restaurants? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because I had to make it about Offerings. work somehow, you know? Like, I'm like, well, if I'm not going to be <laughs> in Orlando, we got to go up. And that we ended up enjoying that so much. We we, and we learned. That was kind of like like our continuing education was going and checking out other restaurants, mm-hmm. like what they're doing, checking out Not everything. just food, but service and the yeah. aesthetic of the place. No, everything. Right. The yeah. music that they play, the kind of like... The know, offering. What, right. what, the, what the servers are wearing, what kind of materials they use, the plates, the kind of food, the menu, everything. It was so like... It was so eye-opening. Because right. before that, I was just in my in my little bubble and just right. doing what I do. But it's like my eyes were open to a whole other world of restaurants in in cities that were quite a bit ahead of us in terms of in terms of their offerings and and with what they did. So I feel like that really kind of helped influence what we wanted to do and like our our style and, and what we what we wanted out of our own little dining culture in our in our restaurant scene right. back home. Um, so maybe back in like 2012, 2013, somewhere around there, we kind of started talking about if we were to do something else, not that we would, but if we did, right. what would it be? Because back then it was just all about Sado and it's going to open up another one will be Sado. That, at least that's how my parents yeah. did. They were like, they, they, we, had, we had four Sados at sure. one point. But then I also remember um, kind of seeing um, how like inconsistent it could be, like from one location to the other, you know, just from the de- the design. It, like it was like you you could almost consider it a chain because it was four four locations in Orlando, but they were all so different in personality, in culture, from restaurant to restaurant, and even in like the menu. Like it would the same item would just be prepared differently, and I never wanted to do that because people would be like, why is your celebration store is so different from this store. It's like, oh, well, this one's better or that one's better. And it's like, well, that kind of sucks. It's like, we should all kind of be the same, shouldn't we? So I had my mind set up that we weren't going to do a Sado. We were going to do something else. Um, And some of the restaurants, like Chicago was a big influence on us. Um, A lot of the restaurants we went up there to to dine at, it, it, it was just impeccably done from the, the interior design to, um, you know, the level of service and the, and the kind of cuisine. So we wanted to open up a very, 
like I guess like Chicago style mm. restaurant and like more like modern Chicago like Chicago is in the past known for being a really like meat heavy type of um of dining scene but some of the newer restaurants that we went to up there like like what are some of the ones we went to that really like struck us in Chicago yeah all the Boca groups uh, restaurants yeah like we were just stunned were, yeah, by their really good design mm -hmm. food you know the chef driven places mm -hmm. yeah there was one restaurant I went to it's no longer there called MK and I, that, oh, was, uh, that was uh, an anniversary our first anniversary mm -hmm. dinner we had there and it was incredible just architecturally the, the space was beautiful and the, the food was incredible uh, the public in and even one of Paul Tom's mm -hmm. places like a back um, have you guys been to Alinea? Alinea we have not been um, I have not either I hear, I hear it's an experience there were just so many places we wanted yeah. to visit before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, one like, day we'll yeah, go. We'll we've go. been to like like Michelin star restaurants, mm -hmm. but we didn't want to have anything like like fine dining or stuffy that way. Um, you know, because it's a commitment. You gotta sit there for like three four hours yeah, so to go through twelve yeah, courses. Like we can hit like three other places right. <laughs> within yeah. that time. Yeah, right. it's yeah, we're, yeah, we're opportunists. Like right. one only one dinner a night is not an option. We'll usually hit like two three different yeah. spots. Yeah. Oh wow! For for dinner. For dinner. Yeah. In for one day. Night. Yeah. R and D. We'll go like seven to nine places yeah. one day. Eat till the point of self. -learning. I know. That's how we do. That's the only way. Yeah. I mean, because we're not going up there for weeks. We're up there for like yeah. three days. Right. So we have to make the most of it. Mm -hmm. So there'd be a lot of times where we'd be like genuinely concerned if we'd be hungry or not for our next meal. Right. So we'd be like doing squats in the uh. <laughs> yeah. Hotel so our guys get scared when me and our chefs. Hey, you want to go? I was like. <laughs> I gotta prepare. I okay. gotta. I gotta train. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we wanted. So, um, I knew that we knew that we didn't want to do another Sado, and that kind of started our idea of like, well, our restaurant group, we're gonna do unique concepts every time. Mm. So you know, when very I very different. Yeah. When yes. I when I told when I first told people that we were gonna open up another restaurant in Baldwin Park. I was astounded that a lot of people were like, why would you open up another sushi place right across from yours? Right. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not opening up. And I'm like, well, I don't know, why Why would I do that? I wouldn't do that. That's that's dumb, I wouldn't do it. We're opening up uh, like, a, you know, at that time it was gonna be just like kind of a, like a modern American tavern, like, mm -hmm. um, like Gramercy Tavern up in New York, albeit not as fine. Um, um, but yeah, yeah. It was funny to, that people just actually would think that, like that my my next move would be sushi again. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to kind of break out of that mold, you know. Um, that I wanted people to to realize that I, that there's 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 more to us than just say we can do more. We're capable of right. doing more. And also with your finance background, which I've um, have thought is is pretty brilliant obviously if, if you are you know have multiple restaurants mm -hmm. I mean, that is like such a huge foundational thing to be able to know how how money is used and to grow in new sure. ways like that's a huge foundation and then you have like the design and things looking beautiful and then being able to find talent that would be able to execute yeah finance is definitely very important in, in any business I wouldn't say I'm utilizing my degree the way that I studied it, though, um, as far as, like, I mean, if I can even remember what I studied back then, it's more, it was more, like, investment-related. Mm -hmm. um, what I've found the main focus of any, you know, restaurateur should be is, like, you know, human, like, human relations, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. like, how to, how to motivate your team, how to build a team. 
how to uh, keep the good people. Yeah, right. yeah. So it's really like it's it's a lot of HR, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I don't even like to call that because it's not just about like hiring and firing. It's about really identifying people, motivating them, um, caring for them, um, making sure that they feel a sense of own ownership and really like delivering on that mm-hmm. promise. Um, Interesting. And keeping them engaged engaged that way. Right. And that that's where I think we found the most enjoyment is like um, seeing you know our seeing people that we work with and I say that purposefully too I don't I don't ever like to say people who work for us they work with us they work with us because they're they're as much of a part of it as we are right um, we you know seeing them grow and to 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 um, you know grow as professionals like our chefs our our, 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 our managers who help us operate yeah, watching them like pick up new new skill sets, learning and improving and getting excited about that. That is the biggest reward reward for, for us really. Right. Which is why we love taking them on, on, on culinary trips and like seeing other places. The, what like the what we did to motivate us to inspire us to do more, we bring them along for that to yeah. experience that. We did that we did that a lot. We'd be like, Oh, this place in Chicago, oh this place in New York, oh this place in San Francisco, man, it's like it was really great. And it's like we came to realize like there's no context for them. So one day we're like, well, let's bring them along, mm-hmm. you know, so that one You're day we're investing in that. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. We can have that conversation. The like, return you, on that is mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. Do you sure. remember that place we went to? Because we can talk about it, but how they experienced it will be different than how we experienced it, even though we were at the same place at the same time having mm-hmm. the same meal. How how they experienced it, it'll they'll remember it in a different way. Yeah. And we can have that conversation and ultimately have that be something that. Um, continues kind of the story of our business and they can be a part of it. They can put their mark on it. Um, How did um, Reyes come about? Through your party. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, through uh, that entrepreneur's dinner was where we met uh, our our business partner, Greg. Greg also, great guy, by the way. He's a a very uh, much a, um, you know, um, a proponent for yeah for for Orlando but not just not just in the finance sense he's a brilliant businessman he really cares about Orlando and he'll he'll use all of his might and all of his like um, you know you know knowledge of you know real estate investing and developing not just for the bottom line he does it for the advancement of Mm -hmm. Orlando um, you know culture and and everything that goes along with that so Mm -hmm. that we really couldn't have you know found a better business partner um yeah, and that was, all, that was all thanks to you, Dana. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Dana. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we... There's so many brilliant people in Orlando. Oh, for yeah. sure. Right? Amazing. And so the ideas of, like, connecting, say, like, hey, we need each other, mm-hmm. right? And to be able to have, like, um, intentional conversation and ways right. to do that, I think is Absolutely. really important. It so, is, it is. Yeah. I look forward to... Um, I'm so glad. To that, you know, getting started up again, you know either sitting at one or being a host of one <laughs> you, just, you just hit me up be like you know when, once once society's ready to get back to us yeah. soon very see soon that again. Yeah. But yeah how we decided on mexican that was a trip to chicago as well that was um we we ate at uh, one of rick bayless's restaurants um, ah. from terry grill top of Alpo, mm-hmm. that guy um at that point i thought i knew mexican food you know i grew up in a popka yeah i know i know these flavors <laughs> Um, and he, his restaurant kind of just blew, blew my mind. Mm. It was very humbling. I was like, man, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about Mexican food. All I do know is that 
there's so much more out there to be explored and to experience and to share. Mm. Had you been to Mexico at this point? Um, at that point, one time, but it doesn't count. I was visiting a dad's friend in El Paso. We we went across the border to Juarez, so it wasn't really the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did have some good food there, but it wasn't like, oh, I really got to get back to Juarez. It's not, right. <laughs> it wasn't like that. Um, no, so yeah, we haven't, you know, I, at that point I, I didn't, I wasn't like a frequent traveler to Mexico. Um, I, I just kind of related it back to Orlando and like, you know, thinking about what's missing, what we can do. And mm. it's like Mexican cuisine is not, wasn't really a thing um, that was um, represented in a way that it, it should, could be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a really inspiring meal. Um, and yeah, kind of was like following Rick Bayless and like, you know, kind of watching some of his like YouTube videos and like kind of reading up on him and it was really cool like he traveled a lot to Mexico and here's a guy um, who's not from you know Mexican heritage that brought like real you know Mexican flavors mm-hmm. to a city like Chicago and just was like killing it and that was really inspirational to both Sue and I and so you know yeah, I think even before we opened up Osprey, we were like, man, I'd love to have like a Mexican place. Like we're this. always talking about yeah. opening up a Mexican even, place one day. Yeah. Even when we opened up Osprey, there, there was some of our management that was like, all right, so what's next? What's next? I'm like, Mexican. They're like, Mexican? What? <laughs> you guys are really uh, jumping yeah. genres of food. Yeah, and I thought it'd be right? so fun. It's like, oh, yeah. we went from, from sushi and like, you know, like modern, um, you know, Asian to like, uh, you know, like tavern, um, like new American cuisine. Mm-hmm. Into, into Mexican, I, I was kind of laughing at myself, like, no one's going to expect this. <laughs> no one is going to expect this. Yeah, and I, we just love Mexican culture and food. Mm. And as a designer, I really wanted to create, I wanted to try it out. Uh, like, not the cliche Mexican no. theme restaurant they were used to. That's all that it was. You know? right. I want to bring that, you know. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful, right? like natural, you know, materials and all that stuff. Have right. you been to Mexico? I have been to Mexico. Yeah. To, um, to not a whole lot, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I went to Cancun. Very touristy. Went a, you know, yeah. on a missions trip in, when I was 18, 17. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, I've been to, like, Belize and Granada, which is, like, close to there, but I haven't, like, spent... A lot of time in Mexico. I think you would love Mexico City. That's what I've heard. Oh, so Mexico my friends City. have been there recently. Awesome. Um, it's fantastic. Yes. So you, you would love it there. Just the, the food. My friend lives there right now, mm. and go visit. I know. Go visit. I know. <laughs> and it's so. Once expensive. I'm ready to get on an airplane, oh, I just feel like Mexico City is calling my name. Mm-hmm. Let me know. I'll go with you. Okay. I, I, just I, I just got back like a couple weeks ago. Oh, you did. Yeah, we went on a guys trip, and it was oh man. So How is it traveling fun. right now? It's it's easy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's easy. I mean, they take precautions. The, the planes are you know at limited capacity. Did you quarantine while you're there? No. Well. You had a test. <laughs> funny story. Yeah, I got I got a test like uh like I got the result as I was at the airport. I got a test. Yeah, you, know, you know because um uh at, at school like our one of my daughters had like a sniff like a sniffly nose, so they. They made us. They made us. They made. They 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 told them. You know, they can't come back to school until they get tested. So that's good that the schools are taking those precautions. Right. Um, But I'm like, well, I'm gonna go test too because you know know, I want to make sure. And sure enough, I was negative. So, but yeah, they don't. They don't. um, They don't make you quarantine. Okay. I'd say just you know just be responsible. Like if you're like I'm feeling sick, then just don't do it for the greater good of 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 society. Right. Um, But yeah, um, getting getting in and out of Mexico, it's easy. It's quick too, you know. It's like a three and a half hour flight. Right. 
Yeah, but just the, the art, the arts, the architecture. <laughs> yeah. Going there, though, some of the things were closed. Like, we went to the Aztec ruins, and you couldn't climb the pyramids when mm. normally you could. Um, and then the Anthropology Museum, which I wanted to, which I wanted to see, that was closed. Right. But um, but we still had a great time. Like, all the restaurants were open. And just, just walking around the city, seeing, right. like, the juxtaposition city. of, yeah. like, colonial-era architecture next to modern architecture. And just the people there are just yeah. very warm and, and um, just go. You'll love it. I yeah. Love yeah. Just go. <laughs> um, so you opened Reyes in two thousand and seventeen. Yeah. Two thousand seventeen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Three years. Wow. Three they years. Were best. Oh, yeah, three. And it was citrus <laughs> before because I've right. been obviously been here for twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um very boring <laughs> but it was it served a purpose for its time right very busy very true. Yep. Very blah 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 mm-hmm. um but you really sue transformed that place into no. such a touchstone for orlando like i said i had so much fun that right? place. <laughs> but i just like as someone who really loves interiors mm-hmm. like i think that you have brought like throughout all of your restaurants like such a incredible level of like excellence and oh, putting Orlando thank you. So on the sweet. map in like places that people want to gather right and that's part of it and food is it food is right. food and drink are um a huge element of course eating out and like where am I going to spend my dollars but then also being in places that you feel like you oh. love being in like the atmosphere of the Thank places you. is something I think that sets you guys apart, right? Because you are you are a tag team, like within this. We are. So <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I'm just honored by the ways that you guys have invested like in Orlando and just want to say thank you oh, for thank all that you. you've done. And thank you for the recognition. <laughs> yeah, I think, it, I think this is important to acknowledge kind of like what makes Orlando and like how how it has grown over the past like 10 years and it takes a lot it does take investment and you're investing in your people and Absolutely. investing Absolutely. in the city yeah. and pulling off you know transforming that space which is pretty huge um is a big investment right and so thankfully you know hopefully seeing that pay off but people being able to access these places at, at, at very reasonable price points to be able to really enjoy um yeah yeah your, all that's of your restaurants for sure and you are now opening another <laughs> yeah. the Monroe. Like for <laughs> um called the monroe can you tell yeah. us any yeah that depends on when this podcast is going to air <laughs> <laughs> Um, whatever you are feeling comfortable. Sure. Okay. It's been in the works for a while. Yeah, actually. yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. It wasn't just you know during during the pandemic. We no, didn't just no, all of no, a sudden no, decide, no. hey, we're going to open up a restaurant. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been in the works for well over a year, a year, yeah. maybe even two years. The, that project is was um, kind of like um, a, a big undertaking for our business partner Craig. Um, he's been working on that for I think the better part of a decade. Ten years. To mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, yeah. To, absolutely. To kind of revitalize that area. Um, and uh, we're excited to be a part of it. It's such a, we feel like it's such an important um, development for downtown and, and what it means, um, not just for the restaurant space, that's just a small part of it, but just for being like a, a hub of, of innovation and um, education, you know, yeah, arts and technology. It's, it's huge. And just to be even a, a little part of it is uh, really, really exciting. Um, um, yeah, so after we had gotten Reyes open um, and we were operating it for about, I guess, like a year or so, 
um, the conversation was had. It's like, hey, you know, we, we, we have a ground floor, um, you know, space that we want to we want to do something kind of social with it. Um, you know, whether it be a restaurant or you know, the word social hall was kind of thrown around. Food hall. <laughs> At one point, it was like picked up as like somebody's. I think the OBJ said it was going to be a food hall, um, and so that kind of idea was kind of thrown around there too. Um, but we decided for the space, uh, for the amount of space, um, um, just like a restaurant would be the most appropriate. Um, but still with a lot of like dynamic social elements to it. Meaning right. like there's a lot of coffee shop, yeah, lounge area, study right. area. Right. There's a lot of different um, types of experience you could have. Because you also be in the middle of a lot of college students. Sure. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's another thing too. Like really trying to forecast who our clientele is going to be mm-hmm. um so that's kind of unknown for us we, we want to we're going to assume that's a lot of college students um but even just in that building where we're at in the julian apartments uh, i'm talking to the property man- management there um the people who are leasing it's mostly young professionals so mm-hmm. i think it's uh you know it's going to be a good mix um so yeah, so that's uh, so that's been in the works for 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 a while. We we got the the layout and the design pretty much down, thanks to Sue and her incredible abilities. Um, I can't really speak to the team yet. Uh, I do have a chef that's coming on board, but it's not public. But that's where I kind of like depending on when this is when this airs. Um, but uh, we can just leave that a mystery for now. But I think uh, anybody who listens to this will be excited to hear. Sure. Um, Somebody that we got coming back. We're very excited. To Orlando. Uh-huh. That's a little clear. He's coming. He didn't go far. <laughs> he went far enough. Okay. But now, but now he, he's coming back. Okay. And uh, we're excited to have him. He's a chef that I've always wanted to work with. Um, I was always a big fan of his. Um, he had a place that we go to a lot. And um, we just, I think. Oh, you should just tell him. In him Orlando? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In Orlando. Just tell him. It's okay. <laughs> he's ready. Is he though? I think so. When is this airing? <laughs> How, uh, Probably gotta, like... in four to six weeks. Oh yeah. Oh, okay, four to six weeks. Okay, it's Josh Oakley from the Smiling Bison. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's gonna be our chef. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay, so that, that, I was just talking about Smiling Bison. I like two days ago yeah. they used to have this duck pizza they had yes, the duck pizza you know it it's the coming on the menu I'm telling you okay I well know. I will be there because <laughs> I mean right there in Stanford now but I mean just when they were around the corner I yeah, loved that was like my jam mm-hmm. it was my jam yeah that duck pizza ours was too it was so the good burger, the bison, the bison burger. Burger. and his still to this day his chicken liver mousse is the best I've had and I've had it at like places like other places that are known for charcuterie like places right. in Chicago mm-hmm. and no oh my yeah. God. so yeah. so that probably sh- should make sense with like the the delineation of the food how that's going to be because people are asking me hey what's the food going to be like and like it's like it's new americana yeah, I, I, I guess you can call it new american but um Fias from the weekly uh, kind of um coined it in a way that i think makes sense it's like modern comfort fare so i guess that kind of makes Okay. Makes sense because anything that any dish that I had that he prepared was always had that level of comfort to it. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, I think that's what why his food really resonated with a lot of people because mm-hmm. it wasn't it could be composed, it could be well composed and very like Elevated. executed to a high level. Mm-hmm. But I feel like what some chefs miss when they try to do that is they miss that relatable comfort level. You have to have that. If you don't have that, then it's just, it's not gonna be memorable. It can be very tasty and technically like superior, but you're, it's not gonna resonate with you. It's, you're not gonna have that point of reference and you're not gonna remember it. it. Right. 
it's not gonna be like, oh, that one dish I had there, it, it won't have that like essential elemental quality to mm-hmm. it. And that's something I think Josh just has an incredible innate ability to do. Mm. So once we kind of decided on what we wanted the restaurant to be, he was the first one on my mind. But he, uh-huh. he was already at a restaurant, and it was funny, we were at um, Cows and Cabs, um, that, um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. John, John's um, yeah, awesome charity. Right. Um, and uh, we had brought Sato there that year, this was last year, at last year's event, and 1921 was That one time that up. we Yeah, they were posted up the right, right next to us. Oh, wow. And I just, Kind of put talking. in his ear. I was like, "Hey, how are we going? You guys like you like it there? You happy?" He's like, "Oh yeah, totally happy. The owners are great." And then I just kind of was like, "I let it. I kind of left at that." I, I did say, "Well, awesome. Well, hey, I'd love to work with you one day." And that was it. I didn't want to like pry, you know, tell him and try to try to pull him away. Right. But then just somehow, I think several months later, we just got to talking again. And uh, the topic of this restaurant came up, and I was like, "Man, I think you'd be a good fit. Just think about it." And it just kind of worked out. He's still there now. He's given notice, but um, they're still trying to work out, you know, his exit and then the, sure. you know, some someone to take his place. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to to work with him. He's a chef that I've you know I've respected yeah. for quite a while. Yeah. I think we'll have a good working relationship. Yeah, he's Beautiful. super excited. Too. Yeah, so it'll it'll be a cool spot. Cool. It's a huge footprint. Yeah, it is. It looks Ooh, like. 6,000 inside. <laughs> yeah, we're always like, let's do something small and manageable. I know. So you need me to help <laughs> nail up things or paint walls or <laughs> put chairs out. I'll cut Be careful what you right. offer. Assume, I know. <laughs> I know your number. I do love that stuff. <laughs> yes, but, it's, um, a, it's a great interior space. Mm-hmm. Two separate patio areas. One we're calling the front porch. It's a 4,000 square foot front patio that overlooks Central Park. Right. Um, and then we have a little back we call it the backyard. It's like a back courtyard, which it's like kind of almost two thousand square feet yes. on its own. Yeah, right. And that's a cool little cozy area because that's kind of like the courtyard of that building. So it's got a really intimate type of feel to it. That's super exciting. Um, so there's a lot of different little areas you can you can enjoy. Right. Hopefully, by the time we open, the world's ready to get back to normal. Like, <laughs> some really effective vaccine. That God bless. Yeah, I, I am ready for sure. <laughs> As are the world, I yes. guess. So hopefully that's yeah coming soon. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's amazing, yeah, amazing journeys <laughs> and things in there that I definitely did not know about both of you. So that was pretty cool <laughs> to kind of hear your story in that way and just like how we kind of never know with what we're given how we steward that and how we offer that how we can offer that to the world sure. you know and uh, everybody's got something to give everyone something has to something to give yeah so that actually will <clears throat> segue into our next topic which is one of my favorite topics which is the Enneagram <laughs> um, and kind of whether you view it specifically through that lens but just the idea of um, how we engage people and how we know ourselves and so I think the Enneagram has been very powerful to me to be able to give language to like our you know like we don't choose our dna and we don't like choose kind of i mean we do choose how we grow into ourselves and how we grow into being healthy or living a stressed out life in in that way but i think there are some things that kind of innately we're just given within our bodies and our minds and so having that awareness within ourselves and so how do we um present well present ourselves to the world how do we take up space how do we interact with people what our motivations are um can be very very different for different people 
And so knowing about you, I think is incredibly important. And then understanding the, understand kind of a little bit of maybe how somebody operates. That's very, very different maybe than us. For me, the Enneagram has, has helped shape and give language to that. Um, because if you're leading things, right, like you said, like your ultimate goal is to help lead people. And that takes, um, I think a lot of insight, which is more, I think beautiful and more important now than ever, like before the ways that we have to, um, see people for who they are and try to meet them at their level. And then, like you said, really be able to lift them up into the position that they could be the best kind of of what, of who they are. And so as we have limited, like kind of touched on this, you would, I, you, I would say that you probably think that you would be a two, two, which is the helper. Yeah, that's who. That's what I most identify with. You most identify with, right? So, I so. <laughs> right, which there is you are. which is which is pretty interesting because, um, you know, the two has the two wings, which is the one and the three, and the one being the performer, which is maybe I think where you identify a little bit more with. It's just seeing the restaurant industry, I think, for what it could be mm-hmm. and then knowing how to like take it there and then also how to take people there, right? Because you could, like you said, you can only do so much on your own. You could have one restaurant and work yourself to death and never sleep and never have a like any right. fulfilled life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could also have run rest- one restaurant and live a very beautiful life, but your vision was a little bit bigger than that to be able to say, I also want to be able to come alongside people and help them, um, give them positions so they can express what is inside them. Right. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. And then with the one being the, um, kind of reformer, just like having the wherewithal to like know where you're going and then to be able to like, see that you want it done in a very excellent way, which I think that you, that you both have really been able to execute very well. Thank you. Businesses and <laughs> the world and kind of the motivation of, of the helper, which is something that we all need to be able to reach the places that we, you know, seeing the potential in people sure. True. and then being alongside of them and then also having the leadership and the vision to be able to like take people there. A lot of qualities. I hope I can live right. up to that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Enneagram is also interesting too, if you ever like dive into it a little bit more, but it's also kind of like a mirror to be able to say back to ourselves, like, here's what I look like in health. And then maybe here's what I look like in stress. And so it can also be a reflection to us to say, Hey, like I also need to like think about these things and know these things and be aware of them. So when I'm heading down a stressful path, um, I can know it and I can do things to kind of like change the trajectory mm-hmm. into like a more healthy way. Right, right. Um, and to also see like maybe in someone else, like I can have compassion towards them because I know that even though that might be a strength for me, it's not going to be a strength for other people. Right. right? And so having the language to have grace towards ourselves and then grace, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very powerful thing to mm-hmm. have, you know, be self-aware. Very powerful. It sounds yeah. simple, but no. you know, to, 
you know, I think we spend a lot of our of our days, you know, analyzing and trying to get to know other things other than what's within things, mm-hmm. but to actually be aware of of your of your actions. Yeah, intricacies. It's it's tough. It's tough. You know, it's tough to really, you know, a lot of times it's like, yeah, really, am I like that? Mm-hmm. It's almost kind of like hearing yourself on a recording, you know? It's like, wow, do I sound like that? Really? Oh, man. <laughs> Which, you have a great voice for radio, you know? I have a great voice for yeah. radio. Yeah, because before I came on this, I uh, I listened to some of your podcasts. Like, dude, he's got a great, like, cadence to her voice. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a voice that's soothing to listen to. Yes. Whereas, like, myself, I'll listen to myself on a recording because right. I've been on other, like, recordings <laughs> or podcasts and stuff, and I'll, it's, like, torturous <laughs> to listen to my voice. I'm like, oh, I talk too fast. Oh, gosh, that's giving like, me I don't finish well. my sentences. I got a weird, nasally, froggy voice. <laughs> you know? so. That's incredibly generous, uh, for sure. Thank you. I think for, <laughs> for many years, I... I did not start this podcast because I don't like the sound of my own voice. Oh, I was going to ask you. I was like, yeah. do you feel like that too? Yes. Oh, man. It's, That's you know, the thing is like, you have the voice inside your head that you think that you sound like. Right. Yeah. And then you listen to it and you're like, who is this oh, person? What do I sound like in <laughs> yeah. the world? Oh, seeing a video recording is even worse. Why do I move so weird? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then sometimes you just got to get over yourself and put yourself out into the world and I think sharing <laughs> stories is something that's pretty important to me so it's yeah. been pretty fun See? yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's was very fun <laughs> so Sue as far as your Enneagram hmm. um, I think I was that number one you were a challenger a challenger <laughs> reformer yeah. challenger reformer mm-hmm. yeah eights and ones are very similar yeah. like we said just the capacity to to see a vision right. and to understand like how to get there right. um, is interesting. Um, so being being an eight is it is kind of the challenger mm-hmm. in the sense of um, you know knowing that you can do something that's never been done before right. and yeah. being able to like pull people through with you to to execute that and to wow that sounds like something <laughs> she's been dragging me along. <laughs> So is it like a, is this like a zodiac compatibility thing? Like are twos and eights good? Like are we are, are we a good matchup? Yeah. Technically, every number is compatible. With yeah. Every number. Oh really? Yeah. Ah, it's funny because I'm I think I'm kind of reckless when it comes mm. to like I don't know a lot of things. Yeah. And I have to like, hey Jason, we can do this. And Jason's like, are you sure? I think we can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Eights can often, um, so I'm an eight as well. Yeah. So eights can often be like a risk taker and to say like, yeah, I can see what am, other people can't see. Yeah. And you can know how to have a leap of faith and right. then just to be able to make it happen. Yeah. She's also no nonsense. Is that an eight quality? <laughs> like she cannot sugarcoat anything. Is that, a, is that an eight thing? Man, she just goes straight to the heart of Right. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's the the lifestyle I had. I, it was. I was. You know, we had a busy life. Yeah. Always, so we don't have much time. Yeah. To BS, I guess. Like so it's can be very direct, right? Right, right. <laughs> so, right, and oh, so man. some part of that is also knowing how we show up in the world, and sometimes people don't understand the right. directness mm-hmm. is not. That's why I need you, Jason, <laughs> to sugarcoat a lot of things. I don't. I frame it. I frame it. I sugarcoat it. I sugarcoat it. I that's why we work well together. Yeah. You know, I'm more like direct, and he's more like because you give need them more both, chance. Right? Yeah, you yeah. need people that can like cut to the chase and say like this is how I'm the it bad is. cop. He's a good cop. <laughs> 
just I season my words to make it more palatable, you know, to have it be right. digestible. Yeah, I'm more like, I don't have time. I don't want to waste your time. <laughs> so you let's cut to the chase. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> And we need those folks in the world, right? Or else oh, nothing will get, get done. You were such and, an eight. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, then, um, and then it is how do we how do we frame that to the world in a gracious way and not bulldoze over people. I hope so. But also, <laughs> um, but also get done what needs to be done, right? And so that's the that is the beauty, I think, of an eight. Thank so you. So we need we need all of the different <laughs> ways that we have been created. Uh, different personalities, right? We don't need just one type of person. Um, and the Enneagram is not really to put you in a box, but to kind of, kind of like I said, it's kind of like a roadmap and it's kind of like right. a, a language to mm-hmm. be able to speak to, um, speak to our own internal DNA and our own ways that we're kind of programmed to like react to the world and then to know where other people are coming from. Because sometimes it's just like, I don't understand people, you know, and and having that grace to step back and say, okay, well, they may be coming from a very, very different angle. So I need to understand that they have, and they may have a different perspective that I need to know. Mm -hmm. And my blind spot is just taking up too much of, of my space. Um, so the last topic, and then I'll let you guys go, but is, um, the topic of rest. And so rest is in the sense of um, being renewed Mm -hmm. and restored and being able to step back and take, you know, kind of like the word Sabbath means just to stop, to stop working and being a business owner. There's forever an amount of things to do and that will never end. But the incredible importance of like being able to play, to discover, to do R and D, to physically rest, you know, like to take a time to step back so that you can offer your best self to the world. Yeah. What are ways that you guys have like adopted to, um, have practices of rest in your life? Well, definitely traveling for sure with our kids, you know, Mm. I mean, always like, remind ourselves this is why we're doing this Mm. to spend this quality time with our family you know right Right? yeah um yeah traveling is a big one and in in my mind it goes to two different kinds um one that like really like recharges me um it's not what i would call the most relaxing but it's it recharges me is like um you know, like our, our culinary trips or, you know, like most recently when we went to Chicago, there's something about that city, mm-hmm. that city in particular, um, you know, it's, you're always moving, you know, you're going from this place to that place, but it just does something to me, like recharges me. So it's not, I wouldn't say it's restful and like my body getting rest. Cause yeah. usually when I come home from that trip, I'm usually like a few pounds heavier and like, <laughs> like just like exhausted, but mm-hmm. it does something to my it does something to like my ambition, um, where it gets you just like fired up. Mm-hmm. And Chicago is the city that does that to me the most. Mm-hmm. It's just I think the scale of the city, the architecture, um, you know, seeing like um, you know some of the, uh, the the older buildings and knowing kind of the history of like what Chicago went through, mm-hmm. like with the fire they rebuild and where they're at now, it's just is supremely motivating to me. The other one is mountains. Mountains makes me make me feel the most rested. 
Yeah. More so than the beach. I think that's something that I discovered just the last year. So originally I'm like, oh, the beach is where I go to relax. But it's really when we go to like, like uh, see the Rockies or the Smokies, that it does something to me where it like, it, it, you know what it is? I think being amidst the mountains, it gives you a sense of scale of of like what you think are your issues or your problems or the things you face, mm. it makes them instantly feel so, so tiny, small. Right. so tiny. You're like, you're staying there and you're like, my biggest problem is nothing. Yeah, God is like, in control. Look at look at what's in front of right. us right now. The grandiose of nature. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And to me, that is the most like relaxing for my soul. Yeah. Um, for sure. So I, I always seek that out. So that's the mountains are something that I look forward to going to multiple times a year and a lot of times during like seasons of change mm-hmm. um, like um, the fall see fall colors mm-hmm. or to see snow um, and I just I love that it's great to visit snow it is oh, yeah. for me so and then to come back yeah. <laughs> I like to go to cold places but I don't like to I just don't think I could do yeah. four months of gray yeah. and no, yeah. and snowiness mm-hmm. and sludge I mean a white Christmas is gorgeous right. but <laughs> Yeah. What about you, Sue? Oh, to relax? I mean, I've been... One thing I... Uh, one thing I do to relax myself, uh, at nighttime, I pray every night. Mm-hmm. And when I pray, I remind myself how thankful I am for everything. Yeah. Because sometimes Gratitude. when you live in a busy life, you forget, like, there's so many things around you you're so thankful for and grateful for Mm -hmm. but you forget about it but every night i think about like okay i'm still healthy my my mother's healthy our family's healthy you know there's maybe so many problems out there but this is all i care about you know like just having that is so thankful i I have so many friends and people around us going through so much and i just try to remind myself how thankful i am yeah that gives me energy to do it all over again next day. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you. I need to do that more for sure. That's mm-hmm. crazy. So as we wrap up, is there any like MO or mantra or anything that you live your life by that you would share with us? You want to take this one? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say there are so you want to take this one? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Just yeah. One more time. Worst, what was the question again? To live by? Oh, yeah. Or like by. any kind of like mantra, or any like driving force that you kind of come back to or try to live a standard of life, your life by. Yeah, there's a lot of little ones. I and our both our uh, dad passed away early. Mm-hmm. So I really think life is really short. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, every day we don't take it for granted for sure. Yeah, that was my, uh, mm-hmm. one of my dad's like dying wishes for me was to not work as hard as he did. Right. He, yeah, yeah. He was the one that like taught, you taught me forward. hard work, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, trying to balance that, you know, life and work and like really, you know, never losing sight of what it's all for mm-hmm. right um yeah. and people think we're crazy opening all these restaurants but we're doing this for like it's fun and you know growing the company with you know these great talent people around us and we're doing this really out of joy not to 
build an empire. Right. <laughs> you know, and the, and I think that it shows. You thank know? you. Yeah. I think, I think the offering is such a like an elevated and elegant one, and like also really fun. Thank you. So I think that, that like I think you also yeah. feel that when you are in your spaces. Right. I think we'll I think we'll know naturally when it's time to stop, but that time is not. You're now. enjoying the process. Yeah, so we're yeah. enjoying it, and just the people were like what Sue said, the people that we we've kind of surrounded ourselves with we want to you know do more with them Mm -hmm. and um you know and just for our city and like where we are in terms of um you know our our growth and Mm. um like what's happening what some of our other like you know restaurant um colleagues contemporaries what they're doing it's just exciting you know Mm -hmm. it's like oh this guy's doing this and this guy's doing that now and it's just i feel like we're at a point where there's so much cool stuff happening just we want to just continue to be a part of it yeah where would we find you guys and your endeavors online oh um well um we have one spot now that you can go and check out all of our spot um we um earlier last year was it we created mm-hmm. our uh, like our Formed a group our, our restaurant group it's mm-hmm. called um good salt, good salt restaurant <laughs> group <laughs> yeah. I love that name. Yeah, thank you yeah, it's named uh, for the salt of the earth and the in- inherent um, wholesomeness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you can go to uh, goodsaltgrp.com, and that kind of goes through, um, you know, the restaurants that we that we have, and kind of just some of the backstory of of, um, of, of what we do and why mm-hmm. we do it. Um, it'll be updated, um, you know, consistently. So you can go check that out, or to our Instagrams. But you can you can you can search. I think good that um, good salt group. Um, goodsaltgrp.com is a good place to like find all those Instagram uh, handles. Right. Because yeah, there's really, yeah many. Yeah, that's where you can find us. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you guys so much Thank you. for being here and and um, your support of the Dinner Party Project over the years. I think that no one has supported me probably more than you guys have. Oh, thank um, in you. Participating and it was a joy. So many events and um, look forward to doing it again. Yeah, I just appreciate you guys and. Um, thanks for doing some day drinking with me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very well-made jungle bird. I Thank know. You. I'm feeling good um, right now. <laughs> and until next time. Thank you. Thank you a million times over for listening to Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I hope you have enjoyed all of it. If you have, would you do me a huge favor and rate, comment, and subscribe for more Cocktails and Conversations? 